Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Welcome to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by uh, Jonathan Stewart, the all-time Panthers leading rusher, and Skylar Callahan, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that's my bad. I had a tab open for YouTube for this very episode. So as we're <laughs> as we're going through it, it's just running it back in the background. Um, we're a bit discombobulated today due to the fact that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers basically came in to Bank of America Stadium wearing Carolina Panther uh, mask and basically were the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Um, we'll get into the statistics uh, Panthers fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 to 16 at home. Um, however, for some reason, there's still a chance. The playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that every single team in the division has a path to the playoffs. Uh, thanks to what happened in the division yesterday. So we weren't the only ones that, that took it to the chin yesterday. We'll break down what that means, what needs to happen uh, going forward. Uh, we still got meaningful football in December, y'all. So, you know, keep your heads up high. Yeah, Pittsburgh came and punched us in the mouth, but we'll get into the reasons why they did so and uh, if it's correctable in just a bit. Before we get going, though, a quick word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, oh, excuse me, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards, BetOnline where the game starts and where we typically start on Monday. Of course, it is a mailbag Monday. Uh, so, buddy Brad Tippett chimes in. We'll have meaning, meaningful football in January also. That's a great uh, great way to look at it, Brad. You can chime in with your comments, your hot takes, anything you want to say about the game yesterday, anything you saw uh, that you want to get an opinion on, you can do so. Uh, on Mailbag Monday here on Believe in Carolina Panthers, Drell Mason, tough loss yesterday. Run game couldn't get going. Steelers is just the one team that has our number. Shout out to Burrow for doing us a huge solid. McAdoo probably should be on the hot seat. I think we should be thanking Tom Brady, uh, not Joe Burrow. I'll, I'll watch that game. Um, the Bucks yeah. just exploded. <laughs> like, I don't know what in the world. It was like yeah, four straight. Tom was, <laughs> Tom was fumbling, throwing interceptions. Oh, interceptions. He's yeah, he doing it, like, it all, man. Like, come on, NFC South. Come with us on this journey in December together. Let's do it all together. Because Tampa could have just put a stranglehold in this division over the past two weeks. And I will didn't. say, if they had one more minute left, they could have won that game. <laughs> Tampa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, and then Atlanta. Atlanta, did they fell to the Saints. That was the one that we needed uh, to kind of happen, too, to keep everything even keel. Otherwise, the Falcons would have been in first place this morning, if I'm not mistaken, if they had won that game. So this is the wild NFC South, man. Um, 
we'll we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the of the division in just a bit. But first, I want to get my guys' opinion on what they saw yesterday. Steelers Panthers twenty four sixteen win uh, by the Steelers. Um, the, like I said, the main thing that stuck out to me was the, the Steelers basically took our identity and used it as their own, or maybe we've been using their identity the whole time. I know they've won three of the past four uh, contests. Stu, let, let's start off with you. What were your initial thoughts uh, by the end of that contest yesterday, the Panthers falling at home to the, to the Steelers? Um, you know, we talked about it last week. The keys to winning this game was um, winning in the trenches. Um you got to control the line of scrimmage. And yesterday, the Steelers did that really well. Um, we knew going into this game that we were playing a Steelers team that is well-coached. And we saw a well-coached team yesterday. They did the basic fundamentals, which is be physical um, at the point of contact and on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the – the first downs specifically for the Steelers offense, whenever you, you know, make positive gains on first downs, it opens your whole entire playbook. And we didn't do a good job of stopping them on first downs um, throughout the course of the game, um, allowing them to just essentially be um, able to do whatever they want. Um, they had 22 first downs yesterday compared to our 12, just to, to frame Stu saying there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think when we stop them on first down, then it shrinks their playbook, right? Meaning, okay, second and 10 or second and eight. Dang, um, we have to pass, essentially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, like let's get Mitch Trubisky – uncomfortable earlier earlier on in the game um, make him feel the pressure early on in the game to where he might you know make those games like he had last week three interceptions in the red zone um i would have loved to see that happen yesterday for us but gotta win on first down um and get off the field time of possession lopsided i think we had 23 minutes to their 34 minutes or whatever you want (laughs) it was a lopsided (laughs) time in possession um you know the amount of plays ran i think we ran like 40 they ran like 68 um we can't you can't get anything done uh when when you scale scale back and, and and look at you know what has taken place in that game um it was lopsided throughout the whole the whole time but we still gave ourselves a chance at the end there, uh, scoring nine in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, still had a had an opportunity, and I think that's one positive, um, if there is any, to see that you know our our team was able to stay in it, even when they shot themselves in the foot on both sides of the ball. Skyler, your thoughts? Because um, to echo off of what Stu was saying. Uh, the Steelers broke a record yesterday. They had like a 21 play drive or something nuts on offense. Like yeah. I, I, I have to admit, um, I was watching this game off on the side when it was initially on because that uh, A&T was playing in the Chris Paul HBCU uh, challenge. So I was producing that game. It was on at two o'clock. So I had that on at the same time. So I'm kind of looking at it and like producing and looking at it and producing and it felt like we never had the football. It felt like F- Pittsburgh had the football the entire day. Like every time I looked over, it was Pittsburgh on offense. 
uh, on like a third and four or third and five or whatever. And then I look back over and it's like first and 10. I'm like, man, what is, <laughs> what is going on? Um, what were your thoughts sitting there watching that uh, at Bank of America Stadium? Uh, was that more Pittsburgh just imposing their will on a team like we have been doing uh, three of the past four games where we've won games the same way? Or was it a matter of something Carolina wasn't doing that Pittsburgh took advantage of? I mean, you got to give credit to Pittsburgh for at least executing their game plan. Um, but from what I saw initially, I haven't gone back and re- rewatched the game yet. Usually that's what I do on Monday night. Is I saw a lot of guys overplaying stuff. I saw a lot of guys out of their gaps. I saw a lot of missed tackles. I saw a lot of arm tackles. You're not going to bring down Najee Harris with your hands. Like you're just not going to do it. Um, and even Jalen Warren, um, the rookie running back out of Oklahoma State, he runs just as hard and as physical as, as Najee does. So, like, you've got to be able to wrap those guys up and you've got to have multiple hats on. If you don't, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna bring them down one on one very often. So, Stu brought it up. You brought it up. the The time possession was huge, and you know, I get at the end they still had the ball twice in the Steelers red zone, and came away with just six points on those two trips. But the the drive of the game that completely changed the outcome of the game was that twenty one play drive. Why? Well, because. Carolina didn't have the ball in the second half till 317 left in the third quarter. So when they had the ball for 11 and a half minutes, I think that drive was 1136 or something like that. And you look at the total time possession and there's 13 minutes of differential. Like, yeah, there, there you go. You take that game, that, that play or that series out, say it's just a normal, you know, five or eight play drive. That's going to give you probably an extra possession or two. And that's yeah. going to give you more chances at the plate. So that that drive was a killer for sure. Offensively, I think what I saw was a lot of the same thing. There was too much predictability in the offense. And I, and I think we've seen it at times. And I think over the last couple of weeks, Ben McAdoo's done a good job of changing things up. But, man, you got to change the picture. Like if you're not changing the picture, the defense is going to know exactly what you're doing. Even if you're running multiple things out of the same formations, teams are going to catch on to that. And when you load the box and stop and take away the run, you're going to get the offense you saw yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the the stats here and I did go back and look at the, um, I watched uh, uh, the highlights on ESPN and then I watched the, 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 condensed game on uh, YouTube just to get a feel, a vibe of the game. The Panthers have been averaging 191 yards rushing in the five wins that they've had so far this year. But they, noticed, yeah. they, had, they had 21 yards. 21 yards on 16 carries. It was the fifth lowest total in franchise history. Uh, they basically stacked the box and and dared Sam Darnold to beat him. Um, uh, Deonta Foreman yeah, were... had yards on 10 carries. I mean, yeah, and that happened in the Ravens game. That literally same script. It felt like, uh, and Cincinnati. Now that I think about it, the ones that we have lost have been like this, where we just can't get off running the football, and then it, it, not so much we abandoned the run because they were still trying to run it in the second half. We just didn't have it. <laughs> we just didn't have the football. We couldn't get them off the field. It was so basic in terms of why we lost that football game. And um, I was seeing from Steeler fans they were worried about Mitch Trubisky uh, being in there, but. If you look at the stats, I'm looking at the stats side by side with Sam Darnold. They basically played the same game, uh, the same 
stats for the most part. Trubisky was 17 for 22, 169 yards passing, eight yards per throw. He didn't have as much pressure up front. And we can talk about that because Sam got sacked four times. Um, but Sam 14 yeah. for 23 for, for 188. I mean, it was basically the same quarterback playing for both teams. But our uh, we might need to discuss our offensive line. We've been giving them flowers pretty much all year. But that may have been the worst outing uh, for the offensive line all year. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? Because I thought that kind of dictated the story, too, that the offensive line just couldn't control the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> Well, you know, I think it goes back to saying who the Steelers are, right? Um, their identity is what it is, and it will continue to be what it is, which is, hey, we are going to play defense. We're going to play smart football. Um, and they did that yesterday. They took advantage of, um, I think, the fact that the Carolina Panthers, this is the first time in three years these guys have played a meaningful game. Yeah. And so, you know, the pressure's there, you know, the pressure's to perform, to protect the house, to pre- protect the bank, knowing what's at, you know, stake and whatnot. You know, I think what we saw yesterday was Steelers star players show up across the whole board. Um, you know, TJ Watt, um, you know, he's playing with a, a messed up chest or peck, whatever his situation is, <laughs> but it's not, an, it's not an excuse for him. You know what I'm saying? He went out there and he showed up. Um, you look at Alex Heisman, um, you know, a, a Charlotte local guy, right? He played here at the university. He took advantage of the moment of being back in Charlotte um, and and he played well. Um, just showing up and making plays. Cameron Hayward, first of all, wow, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not a... He's not a good player. He's a great player mm-hmm. because he shows up, you know, for like the last decade. Um, like you have guys on a roster that you can't just, you know, put on the back burner. You can't just say, oh, we'll show up and we'll run our, we'll run the ball. We'll run duo. We'll, we'll do what we do and they'll lay down. No, it's not the case. This needs to be, an opportunity to learn that this is the, this is the NFL. Like these guys get paid and there's guys on the other side of the ball that have made a legacy. They've made a living on what they do be- and what they do best. And we saw that yesterday out of their star players, um, Deontay Jackson, like, <laughs> or Johnson, not Jackson, uh, the receiver. Yeah. I mean, he got 10 targets. And he caught all 10. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't like if there's a bad time to play an opponent. I mean, I, I guess there really is. If there's a good time, there's a bad time. But I think this was actually a good time to play a team like Pittsburgh because it can, it can kind of humble you a little bit. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going through this, mowing through people and you're and physically imposing your will on every team that you play. And then, you play a front that has Cameron Hayward and JJ or not JJ Watt, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Like they've got some dudes in that front seven, and yeah. it kind of humbled them a little bit. And you look at the rest of the schedule: Detroit, Tampa, New Orleans. Those are defensive fronts that Carolina should whip. Like I'm just being honest. Yeah, at least seen all year. This is a, an opportunity for them to kind of get humbled a little bit before they go down the rest of the stretch and against teams that they should be able to to do work against iron sharpens iron. We've heard, we've heard that 
for how many years? Like, yeah, the perfect example of it right here. The um, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, uh, mentioned he threw a little schematics at the Panthers to slow down the run game. They used an extra big defensive lineman, uh, Marvin Leal, 6'4, 290, just to kind of put some more meat in there. Um, just, the offensive line just couldn't open any holes. Um, yeah. And we, we've, we've talked about it, what, the past month on here. Uh, we haven't been hiding anything in terms of what the Panthers are doing. They're running the football. You let them get off for 35 carries and 150-plus yards, they're probably going to win the football game because they're probably controlling yeah. time possession and everything else. If they don't, I think that's the thing that, that stood out to me. There is no middle. Like It's like either we, we bump you upside the head for 160, 170 yards, <laughs> and like we're just rolling – or we can't get nothing together <laughs> nothing at all. Like it's, it'll be like 10 carries for like 23 yards for like the whole day. And you're like, is this the same team? Like, is this the same yeah. team? That that felt more, for that much last This feels more like Baltimore than Cincinnati because yeah. of just how ineffective the run game was. But it, it was like, they were never out of the game. Like they still had yeah. their two trips to the red zone where they could have easily took the lead. It seemed like they were about to have all the momentum. I don't know if, I think it was some point in the fourth quarter when Frankie Louvu got the sack, they forced the punt, and then it's like, okay, here they go. But they just could not finish the drive. And I, I don't know why that was. I, I'll say this. I don't know what the heck Ben McAdoo was thinking on third and goal and and having and calling a quarterback draw. Oh, my What's gosh. Yeah, I did watch that live, and I was like, what in the world? Because like, it, it looked like Sam realized the call was bad as the call was going on. <laughs> like, as soon as he had it and took a step back, and he was like, oh, I got to run this myself. He took a couple oh. steps forward and realized there was nothing. <laughs> there was nowhere I mean, to go. Those athletic yeah. linebackers that they have and guys on the edge that they have, like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just, oh, well, you gotta have a pass in there somewhere. Like, if you want to have an RPO, fine, but not just a straight up draw. Like in that situation, With Sam like, Darnold. <laughs> like it's it, like when I was watching the game, you know, with the with our running game and how it was going. I I usually don't do this, right? Like, I had thought of the phrase "no when to fold them," <laughs> right? <laughs> because. Like and, and and I say that because I look at the games that we've lost where our running game just didn't didn't come together the right way. Complimentary football is when something isn't working, the other piece has to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It has to work. And which means out the gate throughout the whole entire game, the Steelers were once single um one safety high the whole entire game. Like there was a couple times. From what I counted, I think they two two safeties twice. Yeah. Like they wow. out the gate had a game plan, which was we're taking away your run game. Now what? Okay. So at that point, like I want to see us give the ball to DJ Moore. He had six targets. He caught it five. Yeah. Give him 10 targets. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like some drags, some flats, and some slants. Like, put it on them. Like, let's not, you know, settle for these, you know, rain man throws down the field for his big, you know, opportunity. Um, like, I'm looking at this game, and there has to be another way. And we need to be able to challenge defenses – 
in other facets other than just sticking to the run game. And this is this is might be this is the first time I've ever said this. <laughs> so um <laughs> because we're because we're in a time now in December where you have no room for error. So no. you have to get it right. So you have to be able to throw the ball when you have to throw the ball. You have to, and especially in the red zone, we have to be able to score touchdowns. Um they didn't even try, did they? To throw it? No, because and I'll tell you this: other teams are watching these, watching the Carolina Panther games. Yep. I bet you the Detroit Lions, they're going to be tired, sore, beat up on this away game that they're coming to Carolina in. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're. It's going to be a bully game. Like, they like to run the ball. They have a, a high-powered offense at this point in the season. Um, and their defense is going to look at our offense and say, well, let's go single high. Let's stack the box and see what they do. You almost have to, like, look at the offense and think, why don't they just start play-actioning teams to death? Because yes. if, yeah. if not – I mean, look, look at the last, I want to say, four or five games and, and look at the first two drives for Carolina every time. I guarantee you, first and second down, every single time is just run, whether it be counter, trap, you know, zone, like whatever. It's it's going to be a run. Why not surprise them? Go play action, play action on first and second down each time. Get right. those safeties to start biting, and then all of a sudden, if so they only so got one safety deep, and your guy beats his man, <laughs> hello, you got a whole game. Yeah. So start play it's- action that and start rolling Sam out more. We Is saw that, last week Sam Darnold was good on the move. Yeah. yeah. Out the pocket. I, I will say, because it didn't sound like they announced the starter for next week yet. He hadn't officially said it's going to be Sam Darnold. Just thinking on it, I don't think I want P.J. Walker back no, as no, starter no, because no. the offense no. is way more limited when they have him in. At least Sam was throwing down the field last uh, yesterday. Um, Sam Darnold Sam Darnold is our best quarterback right he's now. He's got to stay the rest of the month. Like he, he's, he, I, We won't talk about next year or the draft well, or the future. It, We're just talking about right now. Like in December, as non-existent, as non-existent as the pass game was at times, he still didn't throw a pick yesterday. No. Right. He hasn't been oh. turning the ball over. Yeah. I mean, and, right. and again, even in that Baltimore game, it didn't feel like we were like getting stomped or anything. And it didn't last yesterday either. It didn't feel like we were just getting beat down. It just felt like keep away. Like they just they wouldn't let us have the ball. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I mean, really just boiled down to that. Uh Brad Holt says he's not all in on Al Holcomb or Ben McAdoo. I did um I watched the Al Holcomb press conference last week before the game uh that was on thursday actually it was what you had to leave for uh while we were doing uh the 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 preview episode and i went back to youtube that night and watched it just to kind of get a a vibe for al holcomb i like al holcomb i like i like his whole demeanor i like what he's very clear you can see that he's cut from the same cloth as steve wilkes i don't think holcomb was the problem yesterday i think it's more of a matter of execution execution for cj henderson's ankle injury affected yeah, the that, entire defense uh yeah that was huge, keith, that was huge. Keith taylor keith taylor is burnt toast this morning like he was just getting wet up like the whole day um i gotta give credit to keith though because he took those questions i, I yeah. put it on twitter he took those questions like a true pro like those games and Stu can probably you know attest yeah. to this when you have a really bad game and it's clear and you're gonna get bombarded with questions as to why you had such a bad game like those are those are tough questions to answer like you don't have yeah. the answer to what just happened but you got to right. sit there and 
he took the blame for it. I, I got to give him credit. I think this. I think this will be a good learning moment for him. Anyways, I, I like Keith. I like his size, his, his speed. Yeah. I mean, there was a He's, lot of like there's a there's a couple plays where he was right there, you know, and and as as a as a defensive player, you know, you got to have that goldfish memory because um, <laughs> you got to get back to work like soon, that. buddy. And I and I think I think I honestly think this was because of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss. I feel like this, if there is a any positive note, we lost this game, so we can feel what it feels like to lose a meaningful game. And, and, and so what you said earlier in the year too about like having the injuries happen when they happen. Well, maybe yeah. this is the perfect time for CJ to go down because if you're playing for your playoff lives, your playoff life. In week 18, C.J. Henderson yeah. goes down in the first quarter. Keith Taylor's got to go in there and have hardly no experience. Right. Now he's going to have this plus three other weeks to build off of. Right. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, <clears throat> we'll see if these other teams take advantage of what Pittsburgh kind of unlocked yesterday. I mean, again, if we're not going to change it up, like Skyler said, and do some play action or RPO or just something to give them a different look, so yeah, just stack, just stack them in the box and just dare them to try to run through nine guys. Um, because if you think about it, man, our first down success rate on, in games that we have lost, like, it's been terrible. And so, yeah, which yeah. really makes you uh, predictable as an offense. If, if, a, if a team really wanted to dial in and study the Carolina Panthers, they'll look at all the second and third downs when first down didn't go well. And I'm pretty sure everything will match up, and it will just become a shrunk. Like it would, it would just shrink in the sense of what we do on those downs. Um, so, which is easier to prepare for? One of one of the coaches I had in high school, and it, I didn't really think of it like this when I played, but when you start to really dive into what he said, it kind of makes a lot of sense. When you fail on first down, doesn't matter if you get no gain or you lose yardage, it essentially becomes third down on second down. Right. Because you're going to have to throw the ball. And when you play behind the chains and you're automatically having to throw and the team knows it, I mean, you, you're putting yourselves in a terrible situation. And yeah, I, I don't we're know. Not, we're not even doing that, though. We're, we're still running the ball when we're behind on first down. Yeah. That's, you know. And then that's that's the problem, too. Is but like, that's, the predict, that's the predictability, though, right? Yeah. All right. So yeah. we're just going to still be one high. Yeah. <laughs> Single high. Hey. Run through those nine guys. Middle, yeah. You stay in the middle. Stay in the well, middle. Everybody. Stay I don't know play action or if it's doing some screens or some rubs. Like, you've got to get guys open. If they can't get open, find a way to get them open. And I, like I said, maybe that's, maybe that's rubbing, you know, Shy Smith or Terrace Marshall into somebody to where it frees open DJ Moore. I don't. I don't know. DJ can win his own battles, but when he's the only reliable guy right now in this offense, or the only consistent guy, there's going to be guys that are going to be contest. Like they're going to be pressing him. Number one, they're going to have a safety over the top. Number two, that only safety is going to be on DJ's side. So you've got to be able to get him open. I want to see more. We got to get him. I want to see him more. DJ moving more. Pre-snap. Yeah. If we get him moving more pre-snap, that will mess up the defense. Kind of like what's going with Chenault. <laughs> what they're doing, right. you know, they're doing that, that jet sweep thing with Chenault, either left or right, right or whatever, kind of just to get him moving. You can do that. Just with get him moving. Like, because he's yesterday, he was our best. DJ Moore's our best offensive player. Yeah, Boom. I would agree with that. So um, right now in the in, in December, we need the hand, we need the ball in the hands of our best players. 
uh, DJ Moore should have 10 targets. Brad Tippett brings up a good uh, observation here. Do you think our style of offense just doesn't work against a 3-4 defense? I feel like there are always issues against the 3-4. Baltimore was a 3-4, wasn't they? Yeah. They're 3-4 they're yeah. multiple, but I, I don't really think it has anything to do with the scheme. It's just it's just yeah. making the plays, number one. But number two, like you have to change the picture. Like I said, you can't have a clear picture for a defense and expect for it to work. You have to muddy that thing up, like Stu said, get some pre-motion movement and – and put, you know, where was the Arby's package yesterday? <laughs> yeah, where was the meat? We never where was the Arby's package? Where was Cade Mays? I don't even know if Cade Mays yeah. logged any snaps yesterday. Like, give yeah. them some weird looking stuff. Even if Cade Mays is in the game, I, I don't know. I'll have to go back and, and try and figure it out. I'm pretty sure every time Cade's been on the field, it's been a run. Why mm-hmm. not play action that thing and send DJ deep downfield? Because if Cade's on the field, they're gonna know it's a run. You're, you know what? You mentioned the 21 play drive from earlier being the difference in this game. And if you look at the stats, that's literally it. Like, I feel a little better about it today looking at everything because, like, it, you know how it is at the end of a Panther game when they lose. You're kind of like, oh, man, we, we're horrible. We can't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. You're all kind of down on yourself. And then, like, you get a night's sleep and you kind of look back on everything, maybe review some tape. And I'm just kind of looking at the stats. Literally, it was that drive. That 21-play yeah. drive was the difference in this game. Uh, and if you look through the stats, you see how Pittsburgh's numbers were off of that 21-play drive. Like, if they if that drive didn't exist, Carolina might have messed around and won this football game somehow. Um, but, about, they, but Pittsburgh about, did what they did. How about Marcus Allen literally gifting the Panthers free points when he came into the huddle? Yeah, oh, number 27. Yo, yo, I want to call him by the Number 27. Pittsburgh was one of the most undisciplined teams I, we have come across this year. They had a couple of bonehead penalties that yeah. just kept drives alive for us. Let's, talk, yeah, let's talk about that, DJ. Well coached, well yeah. coached, but undisciplined. Didn't make any sense. Fools out there. So, yeah. it, so, so, Steelers fans, <laughs> I want you to know something. They well coached. You just got some knuckleheads on your team. That's the reason why. We're, that's the reason why you are where you are. Yeah, so it, not, it ain't just one. Don't, don't be putting Coach Tomlin on no hot seat or anything they, like that after this did, year. Did, did the player not know that was illegal? That you can't go stand in the other team's huddle? Like it just doesn't feel right. Like what do you? Well, he just standing like top Warner. Like they ain't gonna well, notice. Well, coincidentally, not only did they have an unsportsman like on that, but they had an unsportsman like on the opening kickoff of the second half that what that put them at the nine yard line on that twenty one yard or play drive. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're kicking themselves in the, in the back just to make it work. And they still were doing it. I don't know. Like every time like I said, I would look over, it was like the Steelers have some dumb penalty, like a lot of unsportsmanlike contact, like after the, the play was over, uh, taunting, uh, the, yeah. the weird huddle thing. Like they, they gifted Carolina. You're right. They they kept Carolina in position because that was fourth down on one of those, right? Like they were getting ready to punt. 27. Yeah. Johnny Hector is about to trot out there because they weren't even in field goal range. <laughs> Next thing I know, it's first and 10 here. I was like, what? Cam <laughs> Hayward sack. Al Ty Smith sack. Fourth and 27. Yeah. And this fool yeah. had to go into the huddle and be like, let me get y'all first. Now. Smiling. Like the whole time, <laughs> smiling, standing there like, hey, you guys, what's going on, man? What's what's up? I was just Somebody like, come get y'all look. Somebody come get y'all look, brother. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with him? Uh, let's talk about these third down efficiencies right, right quick, too. All right. 
Because this is a problem, right? 12 of 16. <laughs> 12 of 16. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, gonna work. And it goes back to that drive in the third quarter. But, my goodness, boy. Like, we I, 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 I don't know if I've been a part of a game like that. I probably have. Who knows? Um, We're just snowballs. But, and, like, you just can't get them off the field. I mean, uh, we rushed the ball sixteen times, sixteen, <laughs> and it's be and it's not and it's almost like it da- it's dawning on us right now as we're talking about it. All every all I'm thinking back over this game and I'm and I'm finding my answers as I'm going through this talk, Joe. But sixteen carries. Whose fault is it? It's not. It's not. It's it's the third down. Is it the third down's fault? See, you sound like me. You got you woke up Monday with uh, blame on your heart. You wanted to blame somebody. Somebody had to be responsible for this. Like, this couldn't just magically happen. Someone intentionally caused this to happen. Um, and it's not like they but passed the football in exchange for a whole bunch of attempts. It's just, it's just that we could not convert. We have to convert. These, these, these third downs, we need to win on first down, first of all. And if we don't win on first down, we better get active with DJ Moore. We had zero rushing first downs yesterday. We had 10 passing first downs, uh, but zero on the ground. Meanwhile, the Steelers had nine passing first downs and 13 rushing first downs you know, uh, in the game yesterday. You know how you can easily tell that Pittsburgh just whipped Carolina up front? Mitch Trubisky had two quarterback sneaks of five yards. Oh, and he almost popped one. Yeah. He almost popped two. The two of them, he almost popped. Like I was like, wait a minute, that's a five yard game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 thing over. So oh, man. Point um, of contact. You gotta win that point of contact. Uh Willie Smith, uh, I believe in Carolina Panthers, super fan. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Willie. He says, Good morning. My thoughts before the game. Panthers would have had to play Steeler football better than the Steelers, control the line defense and offense. We didn't do that. And you're right. I mean, we said yeah. that Thursday, like we gotta be the Steelers, basically, uh, going in yeah. like traditionally. The Steelers have been like that for as long as I've been alive. And I don't know why people count Mike Tomlin out. I mean, I don't know if they can – well, he won't finish above 500 this year because they're – No, they can't. They can't. Oh, well, so he can still yeah. – he's still got a shot if he wins out. Uh, I would not count that man out. Uh, Mike yeah. Tomlin on all-time great. Mike Tomlin, the Steeler way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I know some folks – I saw toxic Twitter – Toxic Panther Twitter come out yesterday after the game. I know they were waiting for a loss or something to happen to flip the switch back to, oh, we back in the quarterback sweepstakes. I don't know about uh, I don't know about Coach Wilkes. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Oh, it's like, one game. <laughs> it was one game. We're still. It's a. We're still. Like I said before. Playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. We got to. You kidding me? No. Yeah. Playoffs. Hey, we got to talk about. It. This was Steve's like like uh, his post game message to the people in, in, the, yeah. in the press conference yesterday. He's like, I don't want anybody in here in this building to say playoffs or talk yeah, about. Playoffs. Right. I heard Steve. I'm yeah. not in the building, so we're gonna we're gonna they, talk about playoffs, playoffs a little bit. Yeah. They, listen, as a player, as a player, as, as a player, as a player, you cannot look ahead. You can't. No. In December, you cannot look ahead. We're not playing as fans right now. As fans, we can do it. We can do it. We might not want to talk about it, you know, you know, too often, but we can think about it. We can talk about we we talking about it because that's what we have to look forward to. Um, but let's. I just want to talk about some. Let's get some. Let's get some sugar today to some guys. 
Um, shout out <laughs> like, to, to shout out to Shaq Thompson mm. and, and Jeremy Chin. Um, yeah. The way they were flying around yesterday, that was. Um, I, I, I at least we saw those two guys, uh, Frankie Louvu, um, guys yeah. that just are flying around. Getting Brian Burns. Brian Burns and, got a and, and, and it wasn't it wasn't perfect football by any means, but those are the things when you have a game like this and you have your 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 star players and you see them on the on the field making plays and trying you know to their best to to will an advantage against their opponent. Um, I mean, I saw that out of those guys yesterday. Fourteen tackles, twelve tackles. Um, I mean, I think Frankie Lugo had eight. Um, Xavier Wood. I mean, the D, the DBs that secondary was getting getting a lot of work yesterday. So yeah. I didn't expect um, that from Trubisky tossing it around. This week, um, they got to make sure they, you know, lick their wounds, heal up, because it's a short week. It's play on Saturday. Uh, I was going to yeah. So they play Saturday. I just saw it on ESPN. I thought we were playing Sunday. What time do they play Saturday? One o'clock. One o'clock. Okay. Because I got a Christmas Eve party going on at my house uh, at four. So, or five or whatever time it is. So, well, actually, the Panthers make that thing nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's going to be a whole lot of drinking at that Christmas Eve party if they lose. So, <laughs> we got we to gotta figure out this out. Um, let's, okay. So, it's on the back of everybody's mind. Uh, and I've mentioned a couple times already. Nothing changed yesterday because of what happened around the, the conference or the, the vision in terms of we woke up Sunday having to win out. And we control our playoff destiny. We lost the game, but because of what happened around the division, we went out, we control our playoff destiny, and we'll, we'll win the NFC South. The only difference now is that they would win it sub 500. They'd win it at eight and nine instead of nine and eight. Which right. uh, does that bother either one of you if that happened? No. That, not, no. Thank you. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, no. Whatever. Nah. <laughs> it's the, it's the new 500. Yeah, just get in and you're hosting a playoff game. So there's only been three teams that have made the postseason with the losing record uh, since 1982. Um, the commanders did it. <laughs> the commanders did it, uh, 2020 at seven and nine. The Panthers did it at seven, eight, and one in 2014. And the Seahawks were the first to do it, in 2010 at seven and nine. The Seahawks and the Panthers both won their playoff games in those years. The commanders lost to Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and the Bucks, uh, 23 to 21 in the first round. The Bucks went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, the Bucks are the only team in the NFC South. They can still win the NFC South with a winning record, and they have to win out to do that. Uh, they are at six and eight right now. The rest of the division is at five and nine. Uh, the Bucks, just to frame this all up for everybody, they have, they have they're at Arizona versus Carolina at home, and then at Atlanta to finish the year. Uh, the Panthers, who to uh, I'll be honest, I'm kind of looking at the Panthers like. They're the only ones that have an excuse, really, as to why the record is what it is. Like they fired their coach midseason. They traded off their the best player a week later, a starting wide receiver, same week. Uh they have reasons as to why they are where they are. I can't come up with those reasons for Atlanta, New Orleans, or Tampa Bay. Because you guys I can tell you, you why got, Atlanta's why Atlanta's got excuses, because they suck. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible. They're garbage. They're I mean, garbage. Bad. Garbage. Garbage. I don't, I don't, but somehow they're in the same exact spot we are in terms of now it's a little bit harder for Atlanta to get there. Atlanta, they'll get eliminated from the wild card contention if they lose next week, but they remain alive in the division race. They they play at Baltimore, home versus Arizona, 
and then at or no, and then home versus Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, they need they, but they need stuff to happen. The Bucks have to lose their final three games. We have to lose to the Saints and the Lions, and the Saints have to lose to the Browns and the Eagles. So Falcons, they're not exactly on the same path the as Saints, everybody else. They're still in the picture. The Saints can yeah. make the playoffs at seven yeah. and ten as long as they beat us. Um they would need the Bucks to lose their final three, us to lose to the Lions and Falcons, and or the Lions, and then the Falcons have to lose to either the Ravens or Cardinals. So us and Tampa Bay are still the only ones where win and you're in. You win all three, you win the division. Tampa, you win all three, you win the division at nine and eight. We win all three, we win the division at eight and nine. Um, and it makes it where those two games at the end, we have Tampa Bay and New Orleans, now are like the most important games of the year for us. Uh, well, really, the most important game of the year is the next one, and that's Detroit. Um, because if we lose to right. Detroit, None of this really matters. Um, neither one of those two teams are going to win out. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a scenario. I have no idea what happens then. Then it's like a seven and ten team is going to win the division, and it's like <laughs> whatever. I mean, like, neither one of them are going to win out. People, my friends want me to be like they want me to go around saying my Panthers suck. If we win the division with a sub five hundred record, we suck. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. They're still a division winner. I don't, I don't care if they were 5-16 and 16 and won it or whatever. They're still the better team in the division. The division might be crap, but if, we all know that. We all are aware. This isn't new. Like, we've known this all year. They've played 500 football the whole division the whole year. So we've all known whoever came out of this division, eight wins, nine wins, was probably going to win it. And that's, that's where we're headed. Who would they be hosting right now? Would it be Dallas? I think it's Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and Dallas, Dallas could drop forty-five on you one day, and then come out the next week and only score seventeen, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" So, the NFL, that would, that would that would now that's the Disney movie right there. We we win the division, you host Dallas, you beat Dallas in a playoff game. Steve will smack him right upside the head. Yeah, that's the only scenario. Let me ask y'all this because I was thinking about this last night. Does Steve Wilkes have to win this division to become the the full time head coach next year? I don't no. think. So. I mean, I'm trying to think as David Tepper, like, because I still feel like I don't know. He said he has to do a lot, but he never really specified what a lot is. Like, that's a moving goalpost to me. Like, Man, what look, is a lot? Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes has changed the culture already. Period. The whole stadium rocks different. People yeah. talk different. I mean, that's a lot. There's more respect now. There's, there's a certain level of respect to what the Panthers are doing now yeah. nationally that wasn't there yeah. um, with Matt Rule, where people were kind of talking behind our backs. <laughs> Actually, not even talking behind our back. They're talking to our face, like, "Hey, like, hey, 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 you, Panther fan, shut up! <laughs> Y'all are nothing. Y'all are meaningless." Um. So, so okay. So that actually helps me for my weekend planning. Uh. So the Panthers play Saturday at one o'clock. Uh. I believe that's to your party, Desmond. Come on through, man. Come on. We're going. My wife hooks up this Christmas punch. Uh, we're doing the white elephant game where you can what give away of, something. What kind of stuff in there? Vodka, gin, what? Uh, oh, man. Tequila, bourbon, she was, whiskey. It's like a, a mix of like, um, she used to be a bartender. So, like, it's got a bunch of good stuff oh, in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Come on through yeah. here on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, I'm up here in Kernersville. You know, uh, we're, <laughs> we, do the white, we do the white elephant game where you take something from your house, wrap it up. And bring it in, and then you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you got a group of people. They pick a gift, they open it. If they don't want it, they can trade it to somebody else or take their gift. So it, it's gonna get rowdy uh, a little bit later nice. on on Christmas Eve. Um, but yo, I, I, like I said, I still feel okay. I'm still fine in terms of where we are. I'm just happy that I've got football to watch that's meaningful in December. Again, we've gone since 2017 
having a December where we were actually in the games. You know how hard it is? Stu, you weren't here last year, but me and Skylar went through it last year. It's hard to talk about the Panthers when it's like they're eliminated. They're just losing games. They're just going through the motions. It's December the, the 12th or whatever. You still got three more games to talk about. It's yeah. rough. It's hard. Um, <laughs> Remember Tampa Bay week 18 last year when the Bucs were getting going again and it's just they beat the brakes off us, didn't they? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. <laughs> score, but it was audition, maybe. I think we were looking at it like, well, maybe this will get Matt Rule fired. And it didn't. It didn't even matter. <laughs> like in the end. Uh can I tell y'all why I'm mad right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Special edition here. What's up? The Denver Broncos. <laughs> what they do? Latavius, La, Latavius Murray was the answer the whole year. Oh, that coach got to get fired. Like this is like, the <laughs> this whole I, year. It just dawned. It, it really dawned on me when we played them. I was like, dang, they got Latavius Murray. Like Latavius Murray is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you utilizing him the way a horse should be utilized? Are, are coaches just out thinking themselves? Because we had that yeah. foreman on the bench the first five games and didn't really run them at all. Like, or like, is that the offensive and, and coordinator? Because I'm thinking like Russell Wilson is at his best when he has a solid running game, as is any quarterback, <laughs> right? So yeah. he's made his money. When he was in when he was with the Seahawks, when they had a running game, he was at his best. Even yeah. even even so, the running game. Like the Super Bowl, like that whole decision to run or pass, you lost that game because you decided to do the wrong thing. <laughs> so, like everyone like, knew, <laughs> like everybody, right. the stadium, the reps, like everyone's like, I've got, <laughs> I've got the hot question for y'all. Right now, would you take Russell Wilson or Sam Darnold to lead your offense? Ooh. Which offense? Which offense? The Carolina offense or the Denver offense? Any any offense. If any you offense. Start your your franchise for the next five years. Which quarterback you take? Like oh, like the quarterback, like Russell Wilson, like his like who he is like, right now. Yeah, right now. Like like right now, he's got a concussion. Concussion <laughs> protocol. No, 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 no. no I'm <laughs> right. You know, that's right. I I think I would. How old is Russell Wilson? Like thirty five. 30-something, yeah. 30 or he, he, he ain't a spring chicken no more. Um, problem is, Darnold's 25 or 26 I'm taking, or something. I'm taking Sam, I'm taking Sam Darnold. It's so, it's, it, it feels so Sam. weird to say. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam, no, Sam listen. feels like a game manager to me, like the, the Look, quintessential game manager if you put him in the right spot. Russell ain't a game manager, I'm, although he really kind of is. I'm taking, I'm taking Sam Darnold. If I can build a team around a guy, I'm taking Sam, and, like, and I'm doing and I'm and I'm doing that in in a way that's like, yo, give me some weapons like the 49ers, um, offense. Give me an offensive line that is like the offensive line from Dallas five years ago. <laughs> like <laughs> we rocking and rolling, baby. All these Panthers fans have been talking about how much that the Carolina gave up for Sam. They gave up a second, a fourth, and a sixth. They recouped one of those six in another trade and yep. found a way to get back up in, the, in another trade. So, like, you think about that compared to what Denver gave up, 
That ain't counting the money bags on top of what they gave up. They gave a quarter of a billion dollars this man. Like, he... <laughs> yeah, man. I'm taking Sam. I'm taking Sammy. I think I would take Sam too in that situation. Again, I haven't had a problem with Sam Darnold the past. How long has he been starting now? Three weeks? Four weeks? I haven't had an issue with Sam really at all, other than I think I've had an issue with the play calling. Like, let him loose a little bit because we know Sam can throw it. Now that he's kind of comfortable and he's got a run game with him, once you get that established a little bit, like we said earlier, open up the play action, open up some RPO, I, do something. Dude, all I know do. is, I think I think Sam deserves an apology from a lot of people because right now he's he's carrying the torch the best he can. I mean, um, in, in this on. moment, in this in this in this time of the season, you know, we play meaningful games and we got a quarterback that we feel good good about to turn the TV on to watch, and. Some people need to apologize to Sam. I know a lot of people saying some really mean things, hurtful things on Twitter. I, I said some apologize. About, I said some mean things about him on this podcast last year, but again, that was last year. And a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> Sam was throwing directly into the numbers of defenders Man, last De- year. Hey, it was hey, like, Sam, yo, hey, 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 Sammy B, Desmond, Desmond's apologizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I've been giving Sam his flowers this year. Actually, like I just said, I'd rather see him than PJ Walker back out there again. Like you put PJ out there, to me, it's like waving a white flag. Like we can't do some of these things. So we're just gonna put PJ back out there again and just punt on the season. With Sam, you still have a you, you kind of have a, a a shot in terms of we haven't seen Sam Darnold's ceiling really. Like, what's the best Sam Darnold game you can recall that he had? You know, like. Is there a standout uh, game where Sam just put it on somebody? I mean, I'm trying to think in that three-game stretch last year. Last year. Uh, maybe that Arizona game? No, they struggled a little bit after oh, McCaffrey he got did hurt. Play, he, he did play bad. Um, well, no, I wouldn't say bad. He had those two pick sixes or two bad picks against Dallas, but he was partially the reason why they came back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, or or even in I can't remember how that game shook out, but it was either in that game and then um, New Orleans last year. He didn't play bad. I mean, he's had some moments. You've seen it. It's just not all come together. I guess not play bad, but is Sam? I guess is Sam the type of quarterback that can bring you back two scores down? Like, is he that guy? Is he the guy like a Pat Mahomes, uh, a Josh Allen? Not to say talent level, but just I'm about to say, boy, what you talking about? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I mean, hell, you got drafted what second overall? <laughs> no, I just mean like, do you feel confident like if the Panthers get down that they can depend on Sam Darnold to bring them back in the passing game when, when they haven't even been calling that in the offense? Like, I think that's my only concern with Sam. Let me ask this. Are you saying two scores like we, they need a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns? Just two drives to get in two scores, two scores. Like, to do you do you trust Sam Darnold midway through the fourth quarter down ten points to get you down the field twice to tie the game? Like, are we there yet? Because if we are, then what are we talking about with Sam in terms of other quarterbacks? It's his for the rest of the year. But if there's some doubt there, what do you do? Because you can't really go back to PJ and Baker across the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do we do? Is that is I that mean, is that what we call Cam? It's like, hey, <laughs> I felt good about it. I felt good about him yesterday. I did I, too. It's just we didn't we we didn't have time, bro. Yeah, and, and and I think the pocket. What I would like to see is, like, 
Like, never, like, don't fold when you under pressure. Like, yesterday, you got hit four times, sacked four times. Yeah, and a couple um, of them, like, right up the middle. Know, <laughs> and, and, I, and, and, shoot, like, I'm glad I didn't play quarterback because I would have been running for my life if I got hit <laughs> no, blindsided well, or something. Well, yeah, well, behind, like, Sam wouldn't even yeah. leave him to the left, and dude just came yeah. unabated from the right and just clobbered him. And there right. was another one where the dude just came right up the middle of the line, like, unblocked, <laughs> like, right at Sam's face, and Sam had nowhere to go. They were bombarded. The offensive line was bombarded yesterday. That might have been the worst game of the year. Yeah, but I'd like to see, like, when yeah. when things aren't going perfect or going that well at the line of scrimmage, I would just love to see a guy just step up in there, take a hit, just shuffle a little bit to the left or to the right to make that throw and get smacked. <laughs> because those are the players that you say to yourself, dang, he got he, he made a great throw under pressure. And for it. Yeah. those those types of throws happen in the red zone. Um, where you see guys under pressure, getting hit, making a throw, um, and, and connecting with the receiver for a score. Um, and, and we could have saw that yesterday. Um, we didn't towards the end there, but I don't know, man. I think this is a good opportunity for this team to, to, to grow. Because, I mean, every game, every week, there is an opportunity to grow and learn. And I think this is a great opportunity for the for the Carolina Panthers to, you know, find out who they really are. Um, you know, the Detroit Lions, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them later this week. But um, they're a team, essentially, what they are who we want to be. You know, the way they've been playing the last – what seven games? What win streak they're on? Seven, are they on a are they on a six week six six game win streak? Or seven? Uh, six of the last seven they've won three straight. Yeah. Okay, got well, you. So they won this six of the last seven. Yeah, so I mean good. that that is essentially what good teams do. They win. <laughs> so I mean Detroit Lions coming in here seven and seven, they're a good team. And if you want to go to the playoffs and not just go to the playoffs, but win um, and, and build on to, you know, build on the culture of winning um, within that organization. This is a good matchup and we'll see. So we'll preview that. That's a good place to stop there. We'll preview uh, Panthers versus Lions. That's Saturday at 1 PM on Fox. Uh, we'll preview that Thursday. I think we'll probably about 11 o'clock. We'll be back on again live. Uh, it'll be tell them why you're mad Thursday, open mailbag. So join us in there. You can watch the content on youtube.com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio. Uh, the audio will be up here shortly uh, through the believe podcast network. All major podcast platforms will be able to stream that throughout the week. Uh, we'll be back this upcoming Thursday to preview Panthers versus Lions. And like I said, the NFC South is wide open. One of these teams is going to the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about I don't playoffs? know Playoffs? You kidding me? But we're one of them. Playoffs? We could possibly do this. And for those out there that say, oh, but you'll go as an under sub 500 team, we don't care. So what? You go away. We don't want to hear that nonsense. We, we just want to keep playing until the season is over. So just what were you about to say, Stu? Yeah, I was just going to say, Haters going to hate. It's not our fault that this is how this whole playoff thing is designed. 
That's the way it is. If you can get in the playoffs at five and five and a point, I guess. Five and twelve. Added the extra game, like five. If you can go to the playoffs at five and twelve and still go to the Super Bowl, yeah, go. Everybody zero and zero. As soon as the season's over, what you think? I tell you what. I don't care if you don't like my ride. You don't like my pinto. <laughs> I tell you what, Dallas don't want to lose to a sub five hundred team in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. Like, no, they don't. They don't want that to happen either. So, um, we'll we'll get into all the nuts and bolts of all this as we go forward. But uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, bet and Carol, excuse me, believe in Carolina Panthers. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go take advantage of that uh, promo code Believe when you go visit them there. And we will see you Thursday live about eleven a.m. Keep patting. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.